Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am... Oh, oh that's good. Coffee. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm Bill Knight. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I it's Friday, it was, and I'm I, having my morning sip before I thought you I were Juan Valdez for a second, you know? The <laughs> Colombian <laughs> coffee man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, we have so much to talk about today. We got to jump into it. Laura Logan did an interview with Eric Bowling about three days ago. A lot of people don't hear it because Eric's on between four and five. A lot of people are still working. But the nice thing about a podcast is people listen when they want to. So I thought it was appropriate that we play this interview. She talks about the border. She's such a smart woman, and uh, she has some important things to say. And Eric asked some good questions. So without any further ado... Uh, enjoy your coffee, Bill. We're going to play the I interview, shall. okay? You know, we're, we, we saw 211 people caught at the border last month. 61,000 got away. Of that, 40-some-odd numbers uh, were on the terrorist watch list. And it's only going to get worse as the summer months come. What are your thoughts? You know, I think it's summed up in, uh, I can give you an example, Eric, one statistic. If you look at the first six months of the last fiscal year. Now, these are typically the winter months, right? So it's much, um, the figures are, t are normally lower. And the first six months of the last fiscal year, there were around 330,000 apprehensions. For this fiscal year, the first six months has <clears throat> officially recorded over a million apprehensions. And these are just the apprehensions that we're acknowledging and that are on the record, right? These are not the apprehensions. These are not the gotaways, the people that are running away. These are not the turnbacks. These are not all the other categories that we have. And this is before the end of Title 42, which you just mentioned. So effectively right now we have no southern border and the worst part for me i you know i don't know how you feel I, I can guess but the worst part is to know that a young national guard soldier lost his life jumping into the river to go to the aid of you know of anybody at all because at this point it's inevitable that he's not going to be the last one and it kind of breaks your heart it absolutely breaks your heart and could you imagine if at any point in the Trump administration, anything like that had happened, what we'd be dealing with. Never mind, by the way, take a look, Eric, at those figures you've been given. Take a look at the number of people, the illegal immigrants who have died every month. And notice mm. we don't hear a word about them. Remember how it was all the language of, oh, Trump, these people are dying because they're being forced into taking this dangerous journey. It's all Trump's fault and so on and so on. Well, now you've opened the border effectively. You've just sent an invitation to everything and everyone to come over whenever they like. And you still have people dying. In fact, they're dying in multiples of the numbers that they normally die on uh, every month. And so why don't we hear anything about that? The hypocrisy of the media is laid bare, but more importantly, the policies of the Biden administration are exactly what is in effect right now. A couple things, couple things on that, Larry. The Biden administration has said nothing about Bishop Evans. And, and, and to your point, the, full, the, the pull up a full screen, folks, the, the media has, is, was mum on, the, on, on this whole story as well. Look at what happened in, 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 in the CNN, zero minutes, MSNBC, zero, CBS, ABC, wow, 20 seconds on this. It's amazing, isn't it? It is just atrocious. Wow. Okay, so like I was mad before, but now that I've seen those statistics, now I'm like, I'm Sicilian by, you know, by nature, right? It's part of my birthright. So when I see that, I feel the flames just 
catch fire. You know, she talks about uh, people dying at the border and how they're not talking about it. CBS, nothing, not a word about it. NBC, not a word about it. ABC, 20 seconds about it. That's it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Nobody's talking about it. But I did see a report on TV yesterday. They showed the mobile morgues bill that are along the border that they're taking the bodies of the illegals who are drowning or being found dead on our side and storing them in these mobile morgues. There's a lot of people who are dying that we're not hearing a thing about. And because it's happening to the, because the left's in, in power, you're not hearing any discussion about this. It's like no big deal. You know, we talked about this. What was it? Episode 81 or 82. So yeah, this is, they only report what the, what's beneficial to them and they will hide their bad. And this is their bad, the left. Yeah. And the, the, they got a lot of bad out there. Yep. She continues. If you recall that, you know, in previous administrations, we, we often, even during the Obama administration, we would hear about the crisis on the border. And at no point has this administration ever acknowledged this as a crisis. And I'm going to tell you what I said right from the very beginning is that they have the policy they want. They have the results that they want. And actually the language that they're using is the language of the United Nations. It's the language of the global elite. And I'm, that's not a conspiracy theory. You can take what Mayorkas and Jen Psaki and, you know, and others in the administration have been talking about. They never refer to a crisis. They talk about <clears throat> the regular and irregular waves of migration, safe orderly migration. And this is literally the language of the United Nations Global Compact on migration, which recognized migration as a human right. Mm -hmm. And it's consistent Mm -hmm. with everything that these globalists believe in. They believe in human rights over God-given rights, which they don't even want to acknowledge. They don't believe in sovereignty unless it's the sovereignty, you know, of somewhere like Ukraine. Now suddenly we believe in sovereignty. And instead, what is happening? We're paying for that. We're paying for that with American lives. I only wish that I could show you, Bill, the uh, the video from yesterday's hearing with Mayorkas. He had such a smug attitude when he was being asked questions. And, and uh, Representative Chip Roy, and I don't have the audio, but Representative Chip Roy was really on this guy's case. He's a representative from Texas, so it really hits home. And Mayorkas had this smile and smirk like, I don't care what you think. We're doing what we're doing. Attitude. That's that's mm-hmm. the kind of kind of attitude he had. Well, you know that attitude though. They they have uh, they have ingrained it into uh, their lackeys. They call them the followers out there, the sycophants that drink the Kool Aid that they accuse us of drinking, and they're drinking it themselves. And they need to step back, put the Kool Aid down, and really look at what their party is doing. Um, and they wouldn't say it's their party anymore. Bill, they're doing exactly, exactly what the plan is, their plan is. Their plan is to destroy our borders, to make us a different country than we were last mm-hmm. year. And they're doing it, and they're doing it with a smile. Eric Bowling asked Laura about uh, the morale of the Border Patrol. Listen. Laura, you speak to a lot of border agents. That's my biggest concern, the morale down there at the border. Well, I know from many um, border agents that the rate of retirement is up, right? Agents getting out. 
um, suicide amongst agents. Um, and, you know, something else, Eric, at the same time, do you know that the Biden administration is still trying to force out agents who won't get the vaccine? So you've got, you've got, you know, everyone from uh, the cartels who are controlling the southern border. You've got millions of people coming over who are not vaccinated. And yet you're still trying to force out agents and careers. I, I know a border agent who's lost a 23-year career in the National Guard and is about to lose his career in border patrol as well. So uh, morale was decimated more than a year ago. Can you imagine that the guys who are still in this what they're going through. You, you remember you played clips of it, the whole horse incident. They, you know, the horse patrol is a symbol of everything that the border patrol represents. It goes back to the very beginning of the border patrol. This is how they started. They were trackers, right? And they would track on the back of horse, you know, their horses. And this is something when you took out the board, the, the horse patrol, you went right to the heart and soul of everything that defines the border patrol. And you just slit their throats right then and there for no justification whatsoever. I mean, these, these politicians that go on television telling America that this is the worst of the worst and harkens back to the days of slavery and all the rest of it, there is no, there are no words for the level of deception and dishonesty that they are using to lie to the American people. They know, they've investigated that, they won't release the results of it. Even the photographer himself said that it was a sham. And Border Patrol agents have had to live with that. They know that their uh, fellow agents in ICE have been, you know, in Immigration and Customs Enforcement have had their hands tied. They've made a mockery of law enforcement. They have given the upper hand to the cartels. And let's make no mistake, every time you frame the border conversation in terms of illegal immigration and human beings, you are playing right into their hands. They take emotion right. and they take the emotional arguments and they exploit it because they know that it's emotion that drives us. And what they're doing here is exploiting the emotion and they're never, ever, ever addressing border in terms of national security. Thank you, Lara Logan. What a good interview. What a smart woman she is. This Very is, smart. This is the lady who was, um, uh, she was a host of 60 Minutes for a number of years. And she was a darling of the establishment media. And all of a sudden... She started to speak when these crises started to happen. She started to speak the truth, a truth that they didn't like. And all of a sudden, she was kind of blackballed. She was like, oh, dismissed. Even over at Fox, I think she went over to Fox, and they were delighted to have her, and they were using her on the Fox Nation. She had a program, and she was being on, being interviewed on all the TV uh, programs. And then she said something negative about Fauci, which a lot of us think is true, and she got uh, removed. She got bounced. Yeah, she's a real journalist is what you uh, basically are saying. Yeah. That sums it up in a nutshell. And, you know, being a journalist means you have to tell the truth, whether it hurts or not. Now, there are those that will argue, well, that's what we're doing. We're telling the truth, and it just hurts you. No, it suits you. There's a difference between hurting me with the truth or telling me a falsehood that you say is the truth that right. suits your narrative. Suiting and hurting are two different things. Yeah. They, well, they, they could uh, be the same, but you know what I mean. Yep. What really got me about yesterday was uh, they were talking to this Mayorkas in the hearing. They were asking him questions about the borders, which he was 
dodging. And then he so prou- he he proudly discussed something which which drove me nuts and Tucker Carlson nuts too. He discussed a new thing they were opening. I'll let Tucker explain it. So today, to herald the coming of the new Soviet America, the administration announced its own Ministry of Truth. This will be called the Disinformation Governance Board. Laugh if you want, but just to show you they're not kidding around here, this board is not part of the State Department or any other agency focused on foreign threats from abroad. No. The Disinformation Governance Board is part of the Department of Homeland Security. DHS is a law enforcement agency designed to police the United States and and that, by the way, has a famously large stockpile of ammunition. So it's not a joke at all. Here's DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. We have just established a mis- and disinformation governance board in the Department of Homeland Security to more effectively um, combat uh, this threat, not only to election security, uh, but to our homeland security. Oh, so one of America's top law enforcement officers just announces to the Congress that actually we're going to be policing what you say, and everyone in the room kind of nods, oh yeah, it's totally normal. But here's what he didn't say. So America's told us that disinformation is a threat to Homeland Security. Now, he's the head of the Department of Homeland Security, so presumably he would know since assessing threats to Homeland Security is his job. But what he didn't tell us is how he's defining disinformation. So here you have this new and terrifying thing that the Biden administration is so concerned about that it's created a new agency to fight it, but Mayorkas never said or even hinted as to what it might be. So the man in charge of the disinformation governing board never defined disinformation. It's almost unbelievable when you think about it. Would you declare war on a country you couldn't name? Would you sentence someone to death for a crime you couldn't describe? Of course you wouldn't, not if you were a sane and decent person because you can't have justice without precise definitions. That's why we have very large books of law that define what is allowed and what is not. But they're not defining the core concept at the heart of what is effectively a new law enforcement agency. Maybe that's because Mayorkas doesn't want justice and neither is the president he serves. Did you ever think that we would be talking about a a, uh, disinformation governance board, Bill? In our country, no, you I mean, this crap. doesn't it remind you of what something that the, the Nazis would have done in World War II? Gestapo. They have ways of uh, getting the truth out of you. So now, sussing you up. This guy, Mayorkas, he dismissed the border like it's under control, sort of, kind of, who cares? We do what we want there. But then he so proudly talks about this. Disinformation governance board, like it was something really important. He he was at a speech in uh, New York State, I think it was last week, and he talked about the biggest threat to our country is not the invasion from the border, not the the drug dealers and the terrorists and the illegals that are coming across the border. No, the biggest problem he saw, the biggest threat, was white supremacy. Mm-hmm. White supremacy and internal terrorist groups in the United States. Now, mind you, we don't know who's coming across the border, and we know they're coming from all these different countries. He talked about this governance group. Here's what he said. We have so many different efforts underway to equip local communities uh, to identify individuals who very well could be descending into violence 
uh, by reason of ideologies of hate, false narratives, or, or other um, disinformation and misinformation propagated on social media and other platforms. This guy should be uh, clicking his heels when he says something like this. Yeah. You know, they're autonomous. They're armed to the teeth, right? Mm-hmm. And they're monitoring us, listening to everybody. White supremacy, that's what they're worried about. This is political supremacy. This is beyond Nazism that's going on here right now. The biggest buyer of ammunition in the country next to the Department of Defense is the Department of Homeland Security, the biggest buyer of bullets in our country is the the Department of Homeland Security. Why? Why do they have to have all the bullets? You would think that the the Department of Defense would be enough. You would think that the guys in the uh, FBI and and the and other intelligence operations having weapons would be enough. But no, the Department of Homeland Security is the biggest buyer next to the Department of Defense. It's it's just damn scary. And this has got to stop because you're right. You know, we're not a big podcast. I will tell you this, that looking at the numbers and where we are, we're on a lot of platforms that we don't even know about. They're showing up every day. And we've, you know, there, there's a big conservative movement growing. But I do know we're on the radar because there are things that happen every once in a while that let us know that you know, somebody is watching, somebody is listening, and now you got that. And that means if they watch someone like us, yeah, we're global. Right. We're all over the place. It's on the Internet. But do you think that they don't know what you're doing in your home and they can't watch and listen uh, to you or have little bots? I mean, I was, we talked about something that, the, yeah, yesterday that does that. But I was reading an article. Just yesterday, it's funny you should mention that, software that's watching you. Mm-hmm. This, this is amazing. And I'll just read this one little section here. The number and array of tools now on offer to continuously monitor employees, their digital activity, and provide feedback to managers is remarkable. Tracking technology can also log keystrokes, take mm-hmm. screenshots, mm-hmm. record mouse movements, Activate mm-hmm. webcams and microphones yep. or periodically snap pictures without employees knowing. Mm-hmm. So if you have a webcam and you think it's off, employers can, <laughs> can snap pictures of their employees without you knowing about it. Well, you know, we had a, a glitch here about a week ago where in my software, right, everything is hard set in the computer, on the, the mixer, everything for this camera right there. But there's right. another camera in this room. There's two of them. And, and uh, a microphone, too. Uh, there's several of them. Yeah. And even though all the settings look good, things got changed overnight. Now, I, I can tell you this, except for doing this thing and the, the little audio things I do for some radio stations, Nothing happens here. So if they, they click on one of these cameras, they get a very nice shot of a John Lennon painting. <laughs> I hope they enjoy it because I know better. And then uh, over there, the computer, which is an Alexa or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, I've muted the microphone, although I'm sure that doesn't do anything. Nothing happens. 
<laughs> I know, room. but while we're doing our everyday stuff with the equipment off, minding our own business, not doing our podcast, not doing our program, somebody technically could be watching us. Well, they are you. You got the smart watch, you know. That's true. You know, you you walk around. Which 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 drives you know which drives me kind of crazy because we we we've spent a lot of money for this watch so that they could track me, you know. Yeah. We all do it. They make the things so appealing and convenient. Oh, I gotta have that. Yeah. Look true. at what it will do. Yeah. You know, I can't live without it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Just wait to that line. I can't live without it. <laughs> Sooner or later, you ain't going to live because of it. You know. Oh my goodness! I was going to mention this before, and it's so true. If someone sat in a hearing and described a new organization, a new branch w- that was being open called the Disinformation Governance Board, and it was targeting Americans with information that uh, wasn't liked by the official people in power, if that, if that happened 10 years ago, the person in the hearing probably would have been arrested, would have been arrested. Mm-hmm. But the senators and the, the representatives rather, for the most part, just sat there nodding like, okay, all right. You know, this is a scene out of a Flash Gordon movie ah! or um, a Marvel movie, you know? I'm sitting here going, Superman, where are you now? This is the world we live in and it sucks. That's the truth. Could you be more specific about your feelings, sir? No, I, no. I think I think I, I made my point on that one. I think Superman, where are you? I think you're right. I was going to play the, the tape of Joe Biden uh, screwing up. He was giving a, a little press conference, and he just got tangled up in his words, and it was so embarrassing for our country. I mean, this was the leader of the free world, and he was just twisting up some words it was, it was, if it wasn't so embarrassing, it would be funny. And I'm thinking you know, this, this is the guy who has his finger on the nuclear trigger, the nuclear trigger. You know, it's funny you should mention that because I've had a few people, uh, talk to me about well, three or four people now have mentioned it. They've had you know, in radio, there's this thing called the dream, right? And if you've ever been in this oh, business yeah. and you get out of it, you know, you have, the dream. What is the dream? You I know, still you're get in it. The studio. Huh? I still get. I still get the, that. You still get the it. dream. The dream yeah. is, yeah. When we used to play records, you know, and you're sitting there, or you had the computer system or the the tape cartridge system, you're doing your show. Everything's going great, and all of a sudden, you know, it's time for you to talk, and you hit that record, and there's nothing there, and you're looking around. Oh my God! Well, I got to talk. I, I and there's nothing, you know, and it's the dream. It's that panic point to where it's like being caught with your pants down, (laughs) which is not fun. Well, the dream (laughs) now that I've had a couple, three people sit there and go, you know, I had a dream last night. Yeah. What was it? Well, it was strange. Well, what was it? And they're going, I had a dream that we went to nuclear war. Hmm. Uh, And it was scary as hell. Now, each one had a different scenario but it's where they were being led to do their family was being split up. They were being told to go different places. And I sat there and I said, you know, if that dream ever came true, especially if you're in the big city, if you're, and you see the rocket coming in, uh, 
you're within 10 or 15 miles, look at the pretty light that it's going to produce because you're going to be gone anyway. Why? There's nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. But the fact that they're having the dream means people are afraid of what's going on. And now Biden is beating the drums of war and nuclear warheads. Putin is doing it. And I think these power brokers of the world, they don't care about you or I. No. You know, they want to win this game no matter what. And they have places, the sheltered down, bunkered down. They have a place to run and hide and probably live a plush life. Even Putin has a place to go hide. And it's, from what I understand, it's a pretty good underground opulent bunker. So what would he, what the hell would he care? What the hell would Biden care when he goes underground? Yeah. Yeah, well, what's what's scary is Biden seems to be ignoring all of this nonsense. He seems to be oblivious to the fact that there's a nuclear war on the horizon, maybe. And he's talking about uh, adding thirty-three million. Uh, I'm sorry, thirty-three billion dollars more money to uh, to the Ukraine situation. You know, Bill, you don't hear our administration saying we're going to go into talks about ending this. We're going to have peace talks. We're going to try to end this. All you hear is that we're going to send more supplies, more weaponry. We're going to give more money so they can buy more weapons over there. It's escalating the situation as opposed to trying to stop the fighting over in the Ukraine. Now, I put something up on our website last night. I was just looking. It's not there. Excuse me. I don't know if I forgot to hit the save button or what, but it goes to that $33 billion that yeah. Biden wants to spend. It's just money. It'll pay for itself. <laughs> you know, I was sitting here thinking just a couple of years ago, which I thought was staggering. We were looking at a national debt that was oh, $17 trillion. It was. It it's was. $30 trillion now. Yeah. Yeah. $30 trillion. We are the deepest country in debt followed by china you know but when you look at our gdp and then the the debt i'm going like you know we're talking about all of this stuff and the scary stuff it might just be minutia because maybe maybe the only end game is nuke the whole planet Okay. Wait, uh, two hundred and fifty thousand years. Start again. I don't know. I want Jeez. you. I want you to think about this, especially my Democrat friends, who are listening to this podcast. I want you to remember that. I think that the wall and the money for the wall on our southern border was six billion dollars that Trump was asking for, six billion dollars, and the Democrats fought him tooth and nail belittled him, made fun of him, said it wasn't necessary, said it was an overexpenditure. They they just crucified the guy for $6 billion. I saw Schumer yesterday so happily saying he was going to send the $33 billion more over to the Ukraine. No problem at all. $33 billion to the Ukraine. So let me understand this. For the Democrats, for the left... They're more concerned with the borders of the Ukraine, protecting the borders of the Ukraine, than protecting the borders of the United States of America. It's as pure mm-hmm. and as simple as that. You know, you talk about war, you talk about the money, and then you look at history. Well, 
Who's going to profit out of this? The people that make the weapons, the war mongers. Now, the big money of the world, the Rothschilds, the Schwabs, and all of that, it seems to me, if history, uh, you know, rem if I remember well, uh, the money people actually, well, World War II and all the other wars, they bet on both sides. Yeah, now, why would they do that? That's true. They, they put that's their money true. on both sides. Yeah. That no matter what they win, that's we freaking lose. <laughs> I got to quit getting mad because my blood pressure just went <laughs> through the ceiling. I know. But I know. Just wake up and look. You know, so, so let me repeat Joe Biden. Let me say it like Joe Biden. Just wake up and look. I'm talking to you in your ear. Wake up, dummy. So let's see if I got this right. <laughs> By the way, you do a very good Joe Biden. Thank um, you. You're welcome. The thing is, he has ignored our border to a point where we have, since Biden's been in office, three million people, three million plus immigrants have come across the border. Bigger They're than here. the size. We're stuck with them. Bigger I, than I don't the, mean it bad, but you know. yeah, bigger than the size of some cities and bigger than the size of some states. There are mm -hmm. some states that don't have three million people in them. Okay, but we've had three million strangers cross the border, people of all backgrounds. They're here. We don't know where they are, by the way. They could be right down the street from you, even as we speak. Okay, we've had our borders ignored. We've had our fuel supply restricted. We're not making. We're not making fuel in this country like we did a year and a half ago, uh, thanks to the administration that's running things right now. We have supplies sitting in ships off of our coast, places like Long Beach, California. They're still waiting to get in. Mm -hmm. We have a war in uh, the Ukraine that uh, seems to be heading in a bad direction. We have Afghanistan, which we walked away from after 20 years. So tell me what this guy has done good for us. Well, the funny it's funny you mentioned that because I was reading the story last night late that apparently some of the big power brokers, the money people and everything, they're saying, we got to get this idiot out of here. Not that he's responsible for all of this, but as, uh, what was it, uh, Obama once said, you want something screwed up, give it to Joe. Yeah. Well, even Joe took this mess that they are trying to do. You know, I think with what they were trying to pull off, if, if you would have had just about any other player but Joe and Kamala, they probably would have pulled off this hustle, and uh, we would be, uh, you know, uh, we would be goose-stepping all along the way in the United States now. Um, so maybe it's, it's a good thing that uh, he got placed in there because he's such an idiot, uh, he's waking up people. He's a dangerous man, a dangerous man. He, he, we have a tendency to look at him when he makes mistakes and fumbles, with pity because for the most part, Americans are good people. We really are. We see something like this. We see an older guy who's having difficulty struggling with words, having a hard time in public. And we feel kind of bad for the guy, but you have to remind yourself folks that this is the same guy who, while he's stumbling and fumbling is hurting you. You go to the, the food stores right now. There is a shortage of produce. There's a shortage of, of food. You know, this guy is killing our country. 
Speaking of the food, you need to stockpile now, and I hate to say run out and stockpile, but it's going to go away, and you want to get stuff that's going to have a while on on your shelf because if it goes away, it's not going to straighten itself out. It's going to go away, and you might want to find a way to – I know you did it, uh, but you might want to find a way to purify some water because you're not going to have anything, and uh, obviously fuel is going to be – a problem, battery power, forget it. We're going to be stuck in a very bad way very soon. And it's not just here. This is going to be, this is well, global. I just heard someone say that that we'll probably get through the food shortage, uh, which is going to be global, because we're, we're the healthiest of the countries right now, even though we're in a bad strait. But the, the little countries... The third world countries, the African countries, the South American countries, the poorer countries, they're going to have famine. There are people who are going to die. Here's the problem, though. Just like our, just like our musicians, our, our war machine, and our money, because we're so kind-hearted, and Joe is a good old man. Joe is going to, like he's given that away, when well, we have a bread basket, and because we have a soul, We'll probably give away our food, too. Hey, listen, we've done it again. We've done it again. Uh, but we do uh, want to remind people that they can contact us at 833-583-6060. 833-583-6060. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Of course, you can do it that way. We are on Facebook. Uh, we are on Getter. We're on Rumble. We're on YouTube. And by the way, if we're ever pulled from one of the platforms, go to the other platform, okay? Yeah, I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> love when we're, you do that. We're, we're on iHeart, Odyssey, yep. Spotify. It's all Anchor. over the place. Yep. Anchor. Yep. And and anybody that I owe money, I'm not making any money. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Actually, we're not making money. We do this as a public service right now. Hopefully yeah. not forever, but at least right now. Well, for me, it's time served. But that, that's all. <laughs> Community <laughs> service. Yeah. Hey, buddy, I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and uh, let's do this again on Monday, all right? That sounds like a plan to me.